0: Hello again, Life Extension Enthusiasts. This is Longevity Now, the place for all your news and views in the battle against aging around the world. Many times we have guests who burst onto the scene with new research or new ideas. Other times it is nice to do some follow-ups on newsmakers from the past. It is great when we can hear from someone who has been at the ground level in the effort to transform our lives since nearly the beginning. It takes a lot of fortitude to bring radical new ideas into the public conversation and even greater energy to stick with it through many years and expand the outreach. One person who has been at the forefront of life extension and transhumanism in Israel for a long time is Elia Stambler, and we hear from him now. And now let's welcome to the program, Elia Stambler. And Better. you know what? Before we get into any questions, Aaliyah, first I would like to thank you very much for all your contributions to life extension uh, and advocacy throughout the years and being a great member of the Immortality Institute and Longevity for so many years. I want to thank you very much for that.
1: Thank you. It has been a pleasure.
0: Well, been first, uh, for our listeners, could you please give us a little background about yourself? What kind of work
1: or profession
0: are you engaged in, or uh, what kind of schooling do you have?
1: I have a degree in English literature from an Israeli university, Barlan University, and I recently finished a Ph.D. on the topic of a history of uh, life extensionism in the 20th century. And now I'm looking for a position, an academic position. My dissertation was approved just a couple of months ago.
0: Oh, well, congratulations. That's great. Thanks, How did you first become interested in life extension? Was it something that was kind of in you, you figure, ever since you were young, or was there a specific moment or something you saw or something you heard that got you very interested in life extension and transhumanism?
1: I think it was both genetic and environmental, and I grew up in Moldova and in Russia, and in those countries, the ideas of life extension were relatively well spread relative to the West. I'd say, for example, in Russia, there was an all state life extension program which involved over 80 academic institutions. And to say you are for life extension wasn't was something outlandish. And I grew up on these ideas, and I continue to, to believe in them. And on the genetic side, I do remember at the age of five, I first thought that I was mortal, that I was not going to, to last forever, and I guess that's how it started. Some people forget such thoughts. I, I didn't. Yes,
0: I, I find it interesting that the ideas of radical life extension were very common in Russia, where you grew up. But I think the perception from other parts of the world is that not much progress has been achieved, even though there's supposedly much research ongoing in Russia. What is the state of life extension research and advocacy in Russia in the present day? Do you know?
1: Uh, I, I think uh, the Russian society uh, has been a very pro longevity uh, and even since the 19th century, since Fedorov and, uh, and even earlier, I think the society is very pro longevity, but the, there are certain economic and social constraints on, on research. There is so much you can do within a certain economic situations. I see.
0: Okay, yes. And, and there has been kind of tumultuous economic change in Russia over the last decade or two, and you're saying that kind of constrains how much they can do. Yeah, right. I think so. And then, of course, you live in Israel now, and we've had many members at Longevity from Israel. How is life extension advocacy faring in Israel?
1: Okay, to be absolutely honest with you, there isn't much of it, and uh, here we have our own problems. The Israeli society very much lives in the present. We feel the... That... A lot of people feel to be under immediate threat and they don't invest too much thought in what's going to happen in 20 years or 50 or even longer. And life extension is something that requires a long-term thought. But it's changing. I hope it's changing for the better. And we see more advocacy and more people talking about radical life extension. The term singularity is almost a mainstream in Israel. I can tell you, it's it's in the newspapers and on the it radio and, and yeah. Oh, wonderful! Yeah,
0: I noticed. You know, recently you had a started up a website, a singularity and transhumanism website. Do you get a lot of traffic to that
1: website? No, no, I don't. Uh, we don't get a lot of traffic. But the terms singularity and transhumanism are entering even the mainstream media. There were um, the term was mentioned in certain central newspapers, such as Harrod's and. Uh, okay. And,
0: uh, and then uh, you, you mentioned that thinking about the present and present dangers, present issues kind of dominates in Israel. Besides that, what, what other kind of barriers are facing life extension advocates in Israel?
1: Well, I think uh, we have the same problem as everywhere. Uh, life extension is, is not something uh, you can earn. You can earn from. You can make your living from. Life extension is something, is still something futuristic, is uh, is still a dream. It's not something you can make your living from. I think that's the the cause of all the problems. That's why people are...
0: That is a very good point. I haven't heard that brought up before, but now that I think about it, most people that I know, including myself, we do life extension advocacy in our free time. It's not our main job. It's not our employment. And if there was money to be had, I suppose, then we would have a lot more people. Um, That's true. Wonderful point there, Ilya. Uh, And then also, I noticed that uh, recently you have started up interest in a longevity party to get political movement going for longevity. How is that going in Israel?
1: To be honest, there aren't many activists in Israel, but even with the few activists we have, uh, we're able to... uh, to formulate a document, a certain bill, a certain law proposal, which is called a law for the establishment of a committee for the struggle against the disease of old age. Uh, and uh, we sent this proposal to all the members of the Knesset. You know, we, we have some square We have uh, we have what <laughs> <I'm> to, <sure. laughs> to takes. We're not afraid of everybody. And uh, we, we received some responses and probably will change a little, but uh, that's the start. That's the start of a political activity. have to get I think started, probably, right? Yeah. I think political activity is important. I think it depends on the government still.
0: Sure. Uh, And if you had to give some advice to people who are listening and they're thinking about trying to register a political party in their country or perhaps submit some bills to their version of the Knesset, what advice would you give them from what you've learned so far?
1: First of all, I don't think that uh, registering a party is feasible in uh, so many places. There will be some actual parties, but uh, in most places, uh, so far as I've seen, uh, a more feasible thing is a, uh, what you call in America a political action committee or, oh, okay. a, or a political lobbying group. I think it's, uh, that's feasible for, for most places. I mean, it just requires a few people to register and not so much of an investment. And you can start politics from there I mean, okay. as lobbyists.
0: All right, good advice. And then also, what signs of optimism have you seen for developments for life extension in science circles or in society? What do you see that gives you cause for optimism in the future?
1: Okay, I I can tell you a couple of developments from my own university, which give me personally a lot of hope. One was done uh, by Professor Ido Bazelet uh, from the Nanotechnology Center in Barlan University, and uh, he, together with Professor Church from Harvard, they developed uh, one of the first, if not the first, prototype of a medical nanorobot, a pointed drive delivery system and another development uh, they published in science. Another development from Balrean University uh, was uh, by Professor Chaim Cohen. Who succeeded in extending the lifespan, the healthy lifespan of mice by 16%. It was published in Nature by uh, activating the Sirtuin 6 gene. It was published in Nature, as I said. So, th- this is a great proof of principle because actually his mice not only lived longer, but were healthier, they had uh, less age related diseases. So that's an amazing uh, proof of principle. Uh, and since then, uh, the uh, developments seem to, to be coming up in buckets. I mean, uh, just check my Facebook page. You'll, uh, every day we have uh, two or three breakthroughs, uh, even more. Yes, I would uh,
0: suggest that for people. Now, your Facebook page, you do post a lot of good new research that is ongoing. That uh, certainly
1: makes me hopeful for the future as well. So there is a lot of very promising research going on. Another point is how to translate this uh, wonderful research into actual applications. We'll uh, get there hopefully.
0: Yeah, we're talking about kind of futuristic technology here or trailblazing technology and biotechnology, but uh, what do you do personally to stay healthy and extend your life with what you have right now? Uh,
1: Well, we don't have much right now with what we can do. I mean, the usual things, I try to eat healthy, I I, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I uh, Try to exercise, uh, you know, sleep well. The usual sure.
0: thing. Okay, so the normal things that are kind of proven to keep you healthy for as many years as possible. Huh? Uh, and then uh, one thing I wanted to ask before we close here is, what would you say Longevity, former Immortality Institute, could do to help support the efforts
1: in Israel? Well, I think the the entire pro-longevity movement, uh, what it needs is more cooperation, more international cooperation. Well, let's be honest, uh, most of research and most of advocacy takes place in the United States, and uh, we want to extend those efforts as as widely as possible. That's kind of the points of the Longevity Party. As you could see, we have about 22 uh, branches in in, in different countries. These branches are very small, uh, just uh, beginning, but uh, that's a start. Okay, so
0: more international cooperation. Right. Okay. Well, that's good advice. And then also, lastly, is there anything you would like to promote uh, an upcoming conference, a book or a film or other types of multimedia, uh, a longevity party meeting? Uh, what's going on in the near future?
1: Okay, first of all, people join the longevity party on Facebook in the meantime. <laughs>
0: okay, yes.
1: <laughs> hopefully elsewhere yes. hopefully, hopefully as well. Uh, other things I could promote in March, there will be a gerontological conference in Israel in Beersheba. Look it up. It's going to be a good conference with some important people attending. And egotistically, I would like to promote my own dissertation. I just finished it. Hopefully, I will publish it or more precisely make it available soon. And I'd love to people to read it.
0: Yes, let us know when it is published, and I'm sure a lot of people would love to check that out. Well, lots of great information there, Ilya. It's great to finally talk to you, and thanks so much for being on Longevity Now. Same here. Same here. Pleasure. Wonderful to hear from one of the stalwarts of the longevity movement. You heard the man. Let's try to cooperate a little more. Advocates for radical life extension are still a tiny minority in many countries. That is the reality. But with more coordinated action, maybe we can amplify the message. Stick with it over the long haul, like Aaliyah, and I'm sure we'll see tangible results. Follow Aaliyah on Facebook. Click the like button, share, and tweet some of the positive news. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.